welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. 2021. Howdy, folks. We are back and starting the seventh season of this podcast. That's like half as many as Grey's Anatomy, so I'm told. If you're new to the podcast, my favorite comparison is Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood for Life Science Marketers, where I make friends with all my guests and eventually they become friends with each other. So thanks for being here. I hope this year will be a spectacular success for all of you. All right, my guest today is Lori Dowd. Lori is the founder, the CEO, and the executive producer at StoryTrack based in St. Louis, Missouri. And today we're going to talk about virtual events. So Lori, first of all, welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio. Oh, Chris, thanks so much for having me. I have been a huge fan of for a long time, and it's just a, a complete honor to be on your show today. So I'm going to disclose how we know each other, and no one who listens to this podcast will be surprised that swimming is the connection because Lori happens to be married to my oldest friend in the world, Doug Dowd, and we've known each other since we were 12. That's right. I met Chris in a Speedo, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Now my audience is tanking. All right. So today we're going to talk about virtual events because I've heard a couple of people in the industry on different calls recently say they're not quite hitting the mark for us. They're not doing what we hope they might be able to do. And you're going to give us a few ideas around that because you've successfully pivoted in the last year for some of your clients. First of all, before we get into that, tell us about your background and story track, what you do and the pivot you've made last year. So my background is really in broadcast television with ABC. I started out with, and I did a lot for History Channel and PBS and Lifetime. And then really when the gates for distribution opened up, I got very interested in how can we create content for clients that is entertaining, informative, and absolutely will move those audiences to take action on behalf of the client. So whether that's branded entertainment, video marketing, those are the kinds of things I love to do. And we as a company get really into. So it was funny when the pandemic happened, I was sitting in one of the the large sound stages that we have. And I looked at my collaborator, Tom, and I said, Tom, we know how to do this. We have been creating pre-recorded shows forever. So in a sense, it wasn't too much of a pivot because we have been doing this kind of content for a very long time. Now, I will tell you a really interesting story that I was thinking about before our interview today. It was one year ago, exactly, in late January that I was working with both Lily and Roche on some content revolving a very particular drug trial. And we had multiple crews in multiple cities. And now the contrast between what we're doing in terms of production this year could not be more uh, dramatic. I'll bet. That's awesome that you were working with Lily and Roche. And you also work with a number of nonprofit organizations who rely on live events for fundraising, as well as other corporate 
event. So we're going to get into how that's done later in the switch to virtual events. But what are the pros and cons of virtual versus live? Because it's not all bad. So there's so many pros to live events, right? The energy is number one. You've got things going on. You've got lots of people there. There's a just an energy and a wow factor that's very different when you move online. So some of those things, the expectation needs to be slightly different. So for virtual events, how do we make those engaging for your audiences now that are watching and engaging with your content, your message on very small screens, whether that's a phone, a computer, a tablet. And what we're finding is that you can still connect with people, but the delivery needs to be very different. We're all experiencing Zoom fatigue, right? So how can we create events, virtual events, that have a different kind of energy. And those might be slightly tailored to, maybe we're talking about corporate responsibility, about heart moments that organizations are bringing forward in ways that are going to engage on that much smaller screen. So I think that there's a lot to be said for the virtual events. It's not gonna be replacing, but I think that as we look forward, we'll see that some things actually will probably continue to be done in a virtual event because cost-wise, it's less expensive. People are not having to travel. That's good for lots of things, including our planet. And we're also able to access that information when and how we want. So if I want to go specifically to a particular vendor and find out very particular information, I can do that now in a way that feels very comfortable for me because oftentimes I'm doing it from my own home or my office. I think that a lot of people have made a transition around their expectations for what kind of content they'll accept. And now are seeing, this has come up a couple of times, there's been an acceleration of things that will probably would have happened, but now they were made mandatory, if you will. <laughs> and so even when we get back to live events, people will or have the opportunity now to get good at doing some things differently, like we're talking about here, that can carry on and probably make their marketing better in the long run. I think that's right, Chris. And a lot of it is that pre-recorded content. So when you take some time to do the pre-production upfront and you really think through goals, objectives, messaging, and then it's recorded professionally, that's the kind of material that can, yes, be used in your the live event, the road show, whatever that is. But that content then is also able to be reused by the, the marketing department as social posts, sales or marketing material. It's a way to package your content in a way that doesn't just have a one-off application. Yeah, so you touched on it there, but we didn't really call it out. It's a hybrid approach, right? So you're doing a virtual event. Some of it will be pre-recorded that can be used anywhere, and some of it would be live, right? Yes. And most of your audience probably knows the difference. The live event is everything is live. Every mistake, every pause, all of that sort of is broadcast. And oftentimes your platforms can be specific web portals 
where your audience is accessing the live event or it can be streamed on other platforms as well. And we have clients that usually use multiple platforms just in case one platform is having glitches or connectivity issues. The, the pre-record program is the entire event. Every single component of the event is pre-recorded. So we tend to call talking head or message is packaged in a linear way. You can still access specific points in there in a non-linear way, but all of it is in one sort of bucket, if you will. The hybrid approach is one that I'm particularly fond of because the, there are certain components that have are pre-recorded, and maybe that's a CEO or a CMO that has a beautiful background. You bring in the big cameras, you do a direct-to-camera approach, and then that's combined with maybe you're doing breakout rooms, maybe you're doing a live Q&A, and there's a ton of technology right now that allows you to integrate that hybrid approach in a way that feels very seamless for your attendees. The worst thing to happen is like for just dead space, right? So we want to have sort of the professionalism that's going to make sure that your content is unfolding in a way that your attendees, your audience is really able to feel almost taken care of. We want them to feel totally comfortable. Yeah. And I was honestly, while you're saying all that, I'm thinking about the comfort of the people presenting the content. So you talk to people, every, no one wants to be on camera, really a lot of people who don't do it on a regular basis. So by doing some pre-recording, you take a lot of that burden off of them. They know there's gonna be editing, they can do multiple takes, whatever they have to do that. And then for the live portion, it's not as long. You might only have to talk two or three, five minutes to introduce a segment, for example. And then I think, when it gets to the Q&A, most people are comfortable. Now there's an interaction. The hard part is talking to a camera with no one behind it and no audience and maintaining energy. So I think this could make those kinds of presentations a lot easier for people than saying, I'm going to sit in front of a computer and talk for 30 minutes. No. I think that's right, Chris. And you mentioned the post-production and editing, and that is really a benefit of the virtual events. So if someone is really having a hard time or simply takes multiple takes to do it, you one number are shooting in 4K. So that means you can immediately punch in or two, you're bringing in video that the organization may have or that you shoot at the same time that you're doing their direct to camera that allows them to not feel that they have to do it perfectly. That's the beauty yes. of pre-record. It doesn't have to be done perfectly in one take. We just did some this weekend where non-professional people, talent, if you will, I call them talent, yeah. direct to camera. We had a prompter so that their script was up on a teleprompter, but it took a while for them to get comfortable, for them to really connect with that sort of camera lens yeah. in a way that would let the viewer on the other end know what that genuine message was. I think people maybe not appreciate the beauty of editing, which happens in these podcasts. If you don't know it, it does. And then the possibility, as you mentioned, other footage, what you would call B-roll. So they might start talking 
and then other footage comes in it's their voice underneath so they don't have to look perfect the whole time they're talking that's absolutely right yeah what kind of content works best to keep people engaged in this um, virtual environment I love that question because oftentimes I'm seeing in these virtual events that the specific content goes on and on and on for <laughs> way too long. <laughs> what we know is short content works well, but a mix of content. So maybe you're having a direct to camera, then maybe you're having a, an animated piece that is just facts that are coming up. Then you're coming to a Q&A. Then you're going to a breakout. Mixing up the content is what absolutely keeps your attendee, your viewer engaged. So sometimes we're looking at a run of show where our longest content piece is three minutes. Now for something in the life sciences where maybe it's a road show or something that has a, a lot of meat to it, you can give a little bit more information, but I would still suggest breaking it up. You can weave user-generated testimonials in there. So maybe someone's giving a presentation about something that's really cutting edge, but we have a testimonial from somebody who has just um, experienced the benefits of that. And then we go back to the person actually delivering the content. I like that. The whole idea, people are sitting in front of screens. You have to think about delivering things differently. Otherwise, there's another tab waiting for them. You, you cannot forget that, no matter how awesome you think your stuff is. There are plenty of yes. other tabs calling. Let, let's talk about my favorite topic that people on this podcast know about, repurposing. So how do you plan your content so it's not just one time we're done and we're not going to use that again? I, that, that, I think, is the absolute key right now. Media is not cheap. It's expensive to do. So it happens in pre-planning that you begin to think about how are we going to repurpose this content? And one of the things that we do from the very beginning is we think about the promos for the event. So we wanna make sure that whatever we're filming for the event or people are providing for us, we're able to repurpose that prior to the event to get butts and seats, as we say, or eyeballs on the screen. So you want to make sure that you have promotional event, you've got the event, pre-record, live, all of that, then are assets that either an individual organization can use or an individual can use to repurpose. And I'll come back to that. But the other thing that we have really found is key on these virtual events is the post-event engagement. So at the same time as we're gathering materials for the event, we're also thinking about how are we going to touch our people post-event in a way that is going to continue to engage them. So is that a highlight reel? Is that a thank you reel from the organizer? What is it that we're going to put out? And usually we think of three weeks after the event, we want to continue with some sort of media. In terms of repurposing the content, I'll give you a great example. We did, um, this was for a nonprofit and we did their entire virtual event and we had six promos leading up to the event. We had the event, we had five post-event promos. Then we were able to actually repurpose that material to make a recruitment video, to make a specific, in their case, it was a donor engagement video. And so all of that was 
packaged in because you had video assets. And Chris, we all know we're living in the, the, a time when people would much rather watch or listen to media than read it. Yes. And that's just a fact. So we have to give them content that is accessible in the ways that they want to consume it. So you talk about pre-event, during the event, and post-event. So that sounds like a lot of production. But I'm guessing that all happens in a short window of time. And what I think a lot of people are curious about now, given COVID, how does that happen? So first of all, we determine the what the event is, how long it's going to last, what the platform is that we are going to use to host the event. Then you begin the pre-planning process, and I cannot overstate the importance of the pre-planning. This is the difference between an event running beautifully as a virtual event and kind of this thing that looks sort of homemade. So you really want to spend time on the pre-production. You'll have just as if you were doing a live event, you have a run of show. So I know down to the seconds how long each segment is. Once you get your run of show, then you figure out who needs to be scripted, who's not going to be scripted. Scripts are written. We do send out crews, Chris, and you can do that if people are in multiple cities. We hire crews in those particular cities. We have pretty, pretty stringent COVID protocols. So our crews and any crews that we would engage have to follow those protocols. That's just a non-starter for me because it's keeping our talent safe, but it's also keeping our crews safe. So yeah. it's just smart. We have done absolutely virtual events with Zoom content, but then it's how are we gonna mix up that so it doesn't look really standard Zoom event. And I'll talk about that in just a second. So once you do the pre-production, the scripting, the production, then everything goes into post-production. You begin to edit all those pieces together. You figure out how can we bring an animated teaser in for the next session that's coming up how can we take those zoom interviews and actually do them in a vertical versus a horizontal and let's add a bunch of content then off to the side that is again going to give your viewer your attendee a different way to engage with the content in the media that it, it again keeps them involved in what you're talking about so once that's those segments are put together, you're, you're, the client has a review. There's always changes that can guarantee it. Everything is finalized. Your audio is sent for audio sweetening. Your music is added. All of your what we call promos, bumps, roll-ins, everything is put together, packaged so that it's ready to go, either as a hybrid event or as a pre-recorded event. In both cases, that run a show tells you exactly what's happening. Yeah, so the thing that you and I talked about briefly before that I think is really interesting is you might contract with a local crew for some company in this industry, but then you or someone like you helps produce the event remotely. So you're there directing the lighting and everything and helping make sure it all looks professional. That's really important, Chris, because you want a consistent look to the event. 
And so it's so simple right now to pull the director in virtually so that I can actually talk to the client while they're giving their direct. I can say, oh, you got to move that light behind you. That's creating a really bad shadow. We want to have a professionalism to the event footage so that, again, people feel taken care of. I just thought that was interesting and important and probably not something that people are typically thinking about, like, how can this happen? And are we going to be on our own with the camera guys showing up and we just start talking? But no, direction is important. And I think that goes to something else, Chris, which is a lot of people are trying to do this on their own, but it's hard to do if what your expertise is in putting on live events, that's a very different expertise than a pre-recorded or a hybrid event. And there's so many people out there now that understand how to do this and just call, ask questions. No question is stupid because it's new for lots and lots of people. Promotion we touched on a little bit, obviously very important. Do you have particular things that you recommend for promoting on social and email? I love video, so <laughs> I would do everything as a video or a GIF, I really do, or an animation. We know that, that people stop their scrolling when they see something moving. And it was, we also introduce oftentimes who the presenters are going to be so that people get a sense of, oh yeah. So if we were doing you, we would make sure to do a promo with Chris Connor so that people would say, oh yeah, Chris is speaking. Let's sign in for his session. We, and it just helps people get to know. We also oftentimes, if it's a nonprofit or even for our corporate clients, we try to give some love back to the sponsors or the vendors of that event. So how can we say, hey, X company, X life science company is actually supporting this event, trying to shine the light, if you will, on all the people who make these events happen. That's a great point. And I wasn't even, I should have been thinking about larger events where companies are sponsoring conferences and so on, as opposed to the roadshow that is put on by a single company. Helpful information for conference organizers as well. So what have I not asked you about that's really important? Did we miss anything? I think I mentioned, don't be afraid to reach out and ask questions. You don't have to go at this alone. I think that is number one. And there's a big difference between something that is well-produced and something that is not well-produced. This is new. Don't like, don't feel like you have to know how to do it. That's the number one thing. Two, I would think really clearly about how the event can be different and should be different from the live event. How can you connect with your audiences in ways that are authentic to this kind of versus a live session? And let's really dig into that. Let's connect in a way that is different, but also will help move the needle for the organization or the company or the nonprofit, whoever that is. I think that's a great point. I think people would recognize if they thought back to watching a video of someone standing at a podium with slides over their shoulder, how hard that is to watch and realize, okay, we have to move past that. We, now we have the capability and the expectation and the comfort with seeing content presented differently. 
how do we make a show out of it? Really, that's what we're doing. We're producing a show. That is absolutely right. And the last thing I would mention is, are there opportunities to create curated networking events? In the same way that you're doing curated cocktails, isn't there a way that we can bring people together in smaller groups that will actually benefit everybody? I think that is, a, is an opportunity that people sometimes miss. And I highly suggest that. And there's, again, so many ways to do that with the different platforms now. I think, and thank you. And I think that I hadn't even thought about that for companies, but certainly I can tell you that people really appreciate that. So if you haven't been to one of my curated cocktail things where I invite my LinkedIn network and my email subscribers to a Zoom call with just five or six of us just to chat. If a company could do that and bring together a group of scientists with a common interest and say, let's just have, we're going to show you a few things maybe as conversation starters, but let's just get to know each other, like connect people who should know each other, but don't. That was the whole idea. And the goodwill that comes out of that is off the charts. 100% agree. I love it. Well, Lori Dowd, I want to thank you so much for sharing this expertise with me today. I will put a link to Story Track in the show notes. And uh, if I might also put a link to your LinkedIn profile so people can contact you. Chris, thank you so much for having me. It's been just a complete pleasure to talk with you. I, as I mentioned, I love your content. <laughs> that was a treat for me. Thank you. I hope that inspired some of you to think about how to make online events more successful and in the long run, thinking about new types of content and new ways to produce it. As always, if you like the podcast, and I suspect you do if you're still here with me, you know at least two people who would also like it. Please tell them, won't you? I have more brilliant guests lined up, and if you want to suggest a topic or a guest, feel free to let me know. Just email me, chris at lifesciencemarketingradio.com. We'll be back soon. Bye-bye.